Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come across your airwaves and just be with you. So with me as always, my, my dear friend, Kevin, the last couple of days you, you heard uh, Ellie's story and uh, I thank God for Ellie and I'm glad she was willing to share her story. And I wanted to put that out there for a couple of reasons and probably the most important is so we look for people like Ellie and in our families and our churches and our groups, whatever that may be, we just look for them. And uh, when we see them, we help them, we come up alongside of them, and, and uh, by God's wonderful grace, we can make a difference in their life. And uh, good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good morning from Phoenix. I'm doing, doing great, brother. It's a beautiful day. I just arrived here today in the home of uh, the, I think, the 19th Air Force, it's called, with the 56th Fighter Wing and the I think the 96, there's so many yeah. F-35s and F-16s. It's, a, it's an AETC base, Air Force uh, Training Command. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah a, it's a big deal out there, here. man. Yeah, I went there a few years back. It's Yeah, that's a pretty big deal out there. That one in Alamogordo, there's not much left there other than the missile range, obviously, and a few planes. But that one outside of Phoenix, that one's right with God. You know, that's a good base. Yeah. And uh, glad <laughs> you're out there. Base. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's not as cool as an army post or anything like that, but it, you know, as far as air force bases goes, it's cool, you know, but, uh, you know, they, they're not on the same stratosphere as uh, the army, but, uh, so anyway, and with the idea, <laughs> they would say they're above the, stra- the army stratosphere. I, I can hear it right now. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're yeah. saying aim high. Yeah. But anyway, this is what I'm thinking and I'm saying, be all you can be baby. But this is what I'm thinking right here. Uh, you know, those funny missionary stories. So I told Kevin this one this last weekend. So when you feel like a fool, you know, we've all been there folks. And so I got to be with these dear people this past week in Myrtle beach. And you know, the pastor sent me an address, the name of the place I was staying and stuff. So I go bailing out. I'm worried about beach traffic. It doesn't matter when you roll into Myrtle beach. I mean, it can be the coldest day of the year and there's still a little bit of a backup going into Myrtle beach. It's just the way it is. And people go there year round and people who don't, mind not swimming and running around naked don't mind going in the winter it's still fun it's cheaper well anyway i head out there and the pastor gives me this address and i show up and i mean it's a motel and it's more beat up than a soup sandwich it's rougher than a night in jail you know so i get there and i'm trying to work my attitude problem out there was a little gray cat there so i got out of the car sat on the wall and patted the gray cat tried to get my room nobody was in the office about a half an hour in, God just started working on my heart that I needed to grow up. So I got in my truck. I went down to Planet Fitness. and I did the Planet Fitness thing for a couple hours, came back, still no one in the office. At this point, I mean, there's doors wide open. There's people sitting out in front of their motel rooms. And, and, and I mean, it looks like a, 
uh, a law and order neighborhood, you know, where someone just got murdered. I mean, it's, it's rough, you know? And uh, so finally I called the pastor. I said, Hey, look, brother, there's no one in the office. You know, I'm just going to go get a hotel. Don't worry about it. And the pastor said, brother Doug, you've got to be in the wrong place. You know, this is a beautiful place. Everybody stays there. Let me drive down. Well, I'm sitting there saying, man, if this is a beautiful place, I don't know what in the world's going on. Well, anyway, uh, the pastor calls me and says, where are you? I'm at the hotel. I said, brother, he came out and walked. I was down the street from the hotel in the wrong place, man. <laughs> anyway, they put me in their 17-story beautiful hotel. I mean, it doesn't get much better. Me doing a breakfast, uh, view of the ocean. But anyway, you know, folks. Wasn't it, Doug, that wasn't part of the story that you were actually – in the in like a hotelish building under near the sign that was pointing yeah yeah I, a mile down the road or something <laughs> I didn't want to go that far but yeah I was oh, I, I gave was, it away yeah I was under the sign that kind of showed you where to go to the hotel <laughs> so anyway folks stupid missionary stories but uh, anyway so the stupid person was me so funny missionary stories. It could fall into that category, but it was definitely a dumb missionary story. And I represent the dumb in that particular area. So as we move along, so I was just telling Kevin, we had to come up with a word, man. And uh, it's cold here, Kevin. I don't know what the temperature is in Phoenix, but it was a cold day here. But uh, uh, I got, yeah, yeah, it'll be cold. It'll be cold tonight in Phoenix. You got a Super Bowl there in a couple of weeks, but uh uh, about three weeks from yesterday. No, three weeks from Sunday or something. So it's got two weeks from this coming up Sunday. But the word came to my mind, friend. So, you know, I went back to the Planet Fitness here in my town, and and uh, no one really talks to each other. They call it a judgment-free zone. I think it's against the law to talk in there, actually. If you do talk, you got to, you know, it's almost like Nazi Germany. you got to get it out real quick and make believe you know. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll light a thing and sound the siren if you're uh, too too loud too too judgmental to you know if you bang your weights all if you lunk yeah yeah I'm, I'm yeah so anyway you guys get it kevin's a fellow uh planet fitness member and but i was thinking of friends you know so i was there today and i i started today 30 minutes on the treadmill i lifted weights for about 30 35 minutes and went 30 minutes on the elliptical and while I was there, I was thinking, man, I wish I had a friend here to work out with because this place is pretty lonely, you know. But anyway, what does a friend mean biblically? And, and you know, Kevin, we get those calls all the time, people who've been hurt by friends and lives have been changed and things upside down. So I, I think this is something, all joking aside, that we really need to look at what a friend looks like. And, you know, the Bible's pretty clear. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born of adversity. You know, and a friend is somebody, I mean, they, they may not be related to you, but a serious friend loves you. And and then we're reminded that a man that have friends must show himself friendly. We saw that as part of this study. And in Ecclesiastes, we're reminded that two are better than one. Uh, and, you know, things can get done. Greater love, the wonderful verse over in John 15, 13. Uh, it's on every military Bible I've ever seen that we've made personal covers for. Greater love have no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. Greater, none was greater than Jesus. And so, Kevin, you know, when I think of a friend, I have like three or four prerequisites that I jotted down. Number one, I'm in jail. And uh, guilty or not, who can I call and who would show up? Number two, who's the person I can trust with my life? 
you know, is this somebody that I can, is this just a casual friend, someone that says, you know, I'm friends with Doug, or is this someone I can trust with my life? But even more important than that, though, a friend is somebody that doesn't get in the way of my walk with God, doesn't get in the way of me attending church, doesn't get in the way uh, of my walk with God. And a friend is somebody who, who doesn't mess with your family and stuff, somebody that just fits all those things. Kevin, now you've been around a while, and uh, when you think of a friend, what does it look like? All those things that you just said are really good. I, if I if I heard it right, there's just one, there's a bunch of things they do and then one that they don't, and they don't get in the way of your walk with God. So I had, I have people in my past that I thought were friends and um, there was, you, you know, where, whereas I'm kind of thinking, according to what you just said, that uh, the only time that they're going to really uh, get up and walk away is if I tried to get in the way of their walk with God. But there's, there's, Honestly, there's people I thought were friends, and because I saw something a little different, um, and the saddest thing, you know, they walked away because I they, I saw something a little different. <clears throat> you know, maybe they decided that they were going to support something, and I said, well, I don't think I can. But they, they, I became a no longer friend, or it was vice versa. I uh, I supported something. And I, in other words, I did not separate from something that they did Yeah. that, um, that boom, I'm, I'm not their friend. And boy, that's just not the definition of a friend at all. That's right. Uh, you know, bi- biblically, even a friend, a friend loveth at all times. So what you said, brother is, you know, if they don't see something different, good night, then, uh, I mean, if they don't see something the same way, then what are we supposed to do? If you're a true friend, you're going to say, you know what? I respect you so much. I'm going to let you see it your way. And I'm, you know, if, if, if you're going to participate in something, I can't, you're my friend. I just won't, I just won't be there for that, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be part of your life. I'm I'm thinking of an example. Um, I had made good friends with a uh, Lieutenant commander, then Lieutenant commander, a Navy chaplain attached to the Marine Corps. And he went on to become, uh, a captain and he was the head of the, and a captain is like a Colonel, right. In the uh, yeah. army. Yeah. Oh, six. But the, the, yeah. So this guy, great guy, he called him. I have a letter of recommendation. He calls me his friend and uh great guy. When I, when I said, Hey, I'm coming through the Quantico area, he said, come on down and give you a tour of Quantico. So he's just a great guy. But one time he, um, I was showing up for a, uh, something or other at camp Pendleton where he was, station and he was he was on the pastoral staff he was a head over the marine memorial chapel where we had a weekly bible study great guy really helped me out in a lot of ways furthered the ministry and uh he knew i was a pastor planning a church also at the time but <clears throat> anyway he said hey there's a famous speaker speaking in san diego and um why don't you come with me and we'll go together and it's this was a speaker that I had just pulled back from because of some positions he had taken. They were, and this guy was not a, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't Baptist or anything like I am. So he, I think he was free church or something. So he would have probably had no problem within his normal sphere of friends with this. But when I told him, I said, nah, I won't be gone to that. He just, he said, wow, you're kicking my, my, uh, 
my hero here in saying you're not going to go. But he said that so kindly. And I just chuckled. I said, man, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Roger. Uh, I said, I said, but I just, man, I have some problems. Hey, held that, held that thought for one second, brother. We're coming right back to you. Folks, hang in there for a second. We're letting the radio stations do what they have to do. Man, is that good or what? Praise God. So, brother, uh, you're at the point where you said something real friendly. You thought everything was fine kind of thing, I guess, is where you're going. We don't want to miss this. Keep going, brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I said, man, I won't be going down to San Diego this this Friday night. And um, he he just, you know, I, I literally kicked his hero. And I don't think he had ever heard anyone say they disagree with this famous world famous world historical famous evangelist um and whom a lot of people got saved under but i just said man he just he said some things not long ago this was in the early 2000s by the way 2002 i said he said said some things not too long ago with the man up here in the crystal cathedral at his side and i'm just not that was in southern california so you know, <laughs> yeah a little geography here too so anyway long story short he chuckled and I chuckled and that because we were friends, he respected me. And it was like Jonathan and David. We each had our different strong points. We each had our different ways of seeing things. And because I saw it differently, he said, huh, interesting. Well, I'm going. So he went. I loved him for it. I stayed. He loved me for it. And when it was all said and done, we just kept on friendship to this day. And I'm just I'm thinking how can it, can it get any better than that? It can't, you know, and, and we're all, we're all not going to be the same. You know, we're, we're not as, as preachers, as Christians, as men and women of God, we're, we're not, we don't fit in. We're not replacements that fit a, a whole perfectly. God doesn't make us that way. And, uh, God gives us our philosophical and doctrinal beliefs. Doctrine will die for. And, uh, and you know, some people are going to be a little different, but to, to hold a friendship through that, you know, I had a, um, some of my best friends in life, man, um, are people that maybe like Kevin saying, you know, there's things that, you know, that I don't necessarily agree with them, but they're not hurting people, murdering people, killing people, hurting me. And I'm okay with it. You know, it's okay. And, uh, I had a friend of mine one time who told me he didn't like my spaghetti meatballs. And, and brother, I believe he may have been the only one in history to ever make that statement to me. And, you know, I, I parted ways from him for a day or two and then God worked on my heart. And so I made spaghetti and meatballs again and gave him a second batch. And he looked at me perfectly seriously and said, my review has not changed. <laughs> but anyway, we're still I'm friends to this day. Yeah, yeah, he's walking in darkness, and I said I yelled out something like "Get thee behind me, Satan!" I don't remember exactly what went down, but it wasn't pretty. He made he general in the army. We're we're still buds. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, he can't cook to save his life. Yeah, but anyway, he'd put a hot dog in the microwave when we worked together. It was bad days. But the Bible says, here we are. We find ourselves in the 31st proverb. And, you know, these next three verses are going to go so quick. We're going to go ahead and do them because they're, you know, again, we're talking about this virtuous woman, about virtue. We're going to, matter, that's going to be a word tomorrow, as a matter of fact, word of the day. And, uh, and, and these are just a few things, a few lessons we can learn. So we're going to do four verses, four through seven. And it said, it is not for the kings, O Lemuel, it is not for the kings to drink wine, nor the princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give the strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, wine unto those that be of a heavy heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty. <laughs> and remember his misery no more. Isn't that a crazy thing that's going on there, Kevin? They're sitting there and he's saying, uh, you know, again, it's lessons on being virtuous and doing the right things. And, uh, and it comes right out and said, you know, you important folks, you know, don't, don't be drinking wine. It'll mess you up. You know, otherwise you could, you know, you could forget about the break the law. We've never seen that before where people get drunk and break the law. No. You know, there, there's nothing about this that's true. And, and then it goes on and it says, let him drink it, forget his poverty. So you broke people who are messed up and upside down and sideways living on the streets. You could drink because you'll forget for a few minutes who you are. Uh, but I'm going to add to old uh, brother Solomon here and... <laughs> Thank God. This is, by the way, folks, I'm not picking anything. I know this is the inspired word of God, but boy, that next day after drinking that strong drink will remind you of your poverty. But I, I think it's so important that as we look at things like virtuous, we know that how important that is to do the right thing, to act right, and things like that, that God's word's talking to us. And he's saying, you know, you kings, you people in leadership positions, you moms, dads, people in the ministry, whatever the case may be, anybody still has a brain that's not in poverty, don't be drinking. And uh, uh, because you're going to forget the law, you're going to pervert your judgment, you're going to end up with someone else's wife, other, it's definitely not yours, or someone else's husband, or God only knows what. And, 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 but you know what? If somebody's got a drink, give it to the people who are poor and dying on the street. And, you know, Kevin, that breaks me up, man. But it's real straightforward stuff. Don't do this. Yeah. Yep. What, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, we we live in a day where um, the cry is moderation. You know, moderation. Any anything in moderation, um, except except saying that you shouldn't drink. You know, you can't. That's one position that you you, you just can't take. They say, um, and and some people get downright testy about that that thing. But you know, we just talked about friends. So you know, I've met some people that that say moderation and, you know, we hang out with preachers a lot. We, that's our, you know, that's our, our, our calling. And, um, and so I don't, I don't have any preacher friends. I don't think that drink because most of them take the safe position, not the position of moderation, but I, I, you know, every once in a while, someone wants to know what the Bible says about it. They usually just say moderation because the Bible uses the term moderation and they use it as a catch-all. But um, really, biblically, when it says things like this here, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. <clears throat> Those two grades of alcohol, as, as it were, you know, wine, which is just the 
you know, the, the aged uh, grape juice, you know, typically, and then strong drink, which is your, you know, corn squeezins or whatever that's yeah. really <laughs> potent stuff. You that know, old Jack sour Dane. mash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's the stuff they bootleg. But, you know, um, so they're both covered there. So why does it say here? It's not for kings that drink strong. And you mentioned it, brother. It's, you know, these people that have a position of authority, people that are, are an example, number one. Number two, they have to have a clear mind. Number three, they uh, are in, in charge of other human lives. And if they pervert, like it says, the judgment of any of the afflicted, that is just uh, that's that's reprehensible to God. So it's not for kings. So I, I'm I'm going to just put it this way: if it was allowable, and there's there's these scriptures that they take out there, like in Deuteronomy, where it says, you know, when you come into the land, you can go after everything your soul lusteth for, and it mentions wine and strong drink, and they'll say, so right there, God's okay with it. Yeah, but there's a lot of scriptures that say God's not good with strong drink. So I I, I look at the safe side and say. Are there are there times where God seems to be okay with something that other times He is not okay with? Yeah, you got to study into those things and find out what you know. Why does God say sometimes it's okay to do things that that He seems clearly to not be okay with? And in Proverbs chapter is it twenty or twenty one? I didn't look it up, but it says, "Look not on the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright." Um, you know, and, and so look not on the wine when it's got these qualities and we're not being legal about it. It's not just red wine is wrong when it's red, but, you know, evidently that was a sign of aging wine. And you'll have someone step in and say, well, I'm from Napa County and wine country. And let me just tell you this, is what that means. OK, I, I'm willing to listen, but I know this. When it moves itself right, when it gives its color in the cup and then it describes the tendency that that brings where it says you will be smitten and not remember it. The whole world's going to move like you're walking on a ship. You'll wake up the next morning and say, wow, huh? What happened yesterday? I'm going to seek it again. So the addictive nature of it, all those things God warns about. And then he says, if you're a king, we don't want that in our lives. And I, and, it, and I'm just thinking, okay, so we're an example of the believers in word and conversation, faith, purity. Number two, we have authority. We shall reign as kings and priests. And we're called a kingdom of priests right now, or kings and priests yeah. here in the book of Revelation. So um, we, you know, there we've got, we're trying to win souls to Christ and um, and I heard one guy say, you know why I don't drink? If, if no other reason, my mom doesn't want me to drink. And the guy was like 55 years old. <laughs> but, you know, my mom doesn't want me to drink. Why? My mom is a good moral woman. I was not raised in a Christian home, but I was raised not to drink. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm just saying I'm just stacking all these things up and saying, why do I want to? And and by the way, I was raised in a in that way so that. When a te- as a lost teenager, an idiot, a jerk, a, an go evil, quick, brother. Guy. We're right up against our time. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, anyway, I thought it tasted terrible. So wow. I'm sorry, brother. We got away with we. The time got away. Hey, folks. Everything I ever did stupid in my life involved alcohol. Think about that. We sure do love you. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Contact me over at DougAtWoundedSpirits.com. I love studying the Book of Proverbs with all you guys talking about those things that hurt and help us. 
us. It's awesome to be in Proverbs 31. We're not too far from our narcissism stuff coming up real soon. Thank you. May God bless you. Hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.